Welcome to the CodeCast Podcast. Real-world insights for your daily medical coding and billing processes. And now, here's your host, Terry Fletcher. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the CodeCast Podcast. My name is Terry Fletcher. Okay, first things first, out of the way. Yes, the Super Bowl's over and the Chiefs won. And okay, whatever. I'm just so over it. And then there was... All kinds of things going on at the game. I don't know if you watched it, but oh man, some of the things on the sideline, not okay. You got to be a professional and not beat up your coach or walk into him or punch him or whatever was going on there. Anyway, let's move on to our topic today. See, I'm still salty and that was a week ago, but let's look at what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to talk about HIPAA violations. Actually, it's been, I was looking back on my podcasts and believe it or not, even with um, almost over 250 episodes. I haven't talked about HIPAA since 2022. So a couple things we want to talk about. And remember, it's HIPAA with two A's, H-I-P-A-A. You know, I have a couple of pet peeves. I just want to get out of the way. When somebody says they want to follow me on LinkedIn or on social media, and do I want to follow them? And I'm just like, I see in their profile that they spelled HIPAA wrong. They um, don't have a, a professional English in what they're saying. And it's just, I I won't do it. You you have to be professional in all aspects and you need to know your acronyms. So if, you know, it would be like saying CSM instead of CMS. You you just have to make sure that you understand what you're putting out there. So just keep that as a word to the wise. Now, I'm not the only one that feels that way. Some employers will look at that as well as, as maybe not being informed. So let's talk about HIPAA violations because you may not know this one. And this one took a little research, but I'm starting to see it on a lot of um, private practice websites. So let's take a look and see what the problem is. So first of all, there are definitely some fallacies of HIPAA. I've talked about this a long time ago, where when it was COVID and people were like, you can't ask me if I have, you know, if I took the vaccine because that's a HIPAA violation. Actually, that's false. Someone who is just a normal person out there or even a news reporter, if they ask you if you've had the COVID vax, it's rude. You don't have to answer, but it's not a violation. They would have to be a HIPAA entity or work in a HIPAA entity or work for a HIPAA entity or have some kind of relationship with a HIPAA entity um, for keeping patients, uh, you know, PHI or EPHI safe and private. So that's the first thing. And PHI, in case you didn't know, is patient Um, protected health information. So we want to make sure protected health information or electronic protected health information is kind of the topic. And so here's the violation that I see again on a lot of physicians' websites. And most practice, again, most practice owners don't know it's a rule. First of all, how you collect your data on your website is equally as important as the data itself. Even if the patient may not mention their medical condition, their information may still be considered as protected health information. Could be demographics, it could be um, healthcare information for their insurance, Uh, it could be something that a family member has that's still protected if you are an entity that um, is involved in submitting claims for them or any kind of electronic health information. So when collecting information on medical practice websites such as a portal, Um, or if you're sending an email of paperwork to a patient to fill out before they come in, first of all, only the necessary people should have access. The data is sent in a secure, encrypted manner. The data is stored in a HIPAA-compliant location, 
And as soon as you no longer need that information, you have a system to destroy that data so it can't be replicated or stolen or anything by anybody, whether it be staff members or non-staff members or just people walking through your clinic, that would be bad. The other thing is you have to make sure, and this is the big one, make sure that any marketing company or anybody that is managing your website that they understand HIPAA compliance. A lot of them do not. They only understand marketing. And also make sure that the fact that if they do understand it, or hopefully they do, that they have steps to fix it if they don't realize this rule. Because I do have practices now that are now saying, hey, I'm getting a HIPAA violation from the Office of Civil Rights, a patient complained, and that's a division of HHS, because patients are now getting blasted with marketing items and you know all kinds of phone text and things related to their intake sheets that they fill out and they were not expecting that it also can come from methods of payment such as paypal cash app venmo because remember those encourage public sharing and venmo is the only one that has a private or friends only option i use it you know i get my nails done and um, or a pedicure and it says i can either have it public showing or i can um have it as private and I put it on private. And also when you enter into a usage agreement, you agree to allow marketers to share your information. So you have to make sure that you sign a BAA. So business associate agreement again, where they understand HIPAA protections, because remember they're not HIPAA entities, but you are. So you as a practice, if you allow patients to be exposed this way without privacy options or a warning, then that's going to be a HIPAA violation on your practice and their medical condition could get into the wrong hands or the wrong person who may be seeing something from your website or they're being targeted on your website. I mean, let's face it, you know, there's polls going around. It's a political year and I won't answer them, first of all, because they always want money, but mainly because I believe that they could be targeting. They could be saying, OK, let's just keep data on this person because we've seen what the government's been doing and we've seen what other bad actors do to, to collect this information. But here's also something you may not have known. So at hhs.gov uh, forward slash HIPAA, again, two A's, they have a summary of the HIPAA privacy rules. And so you can Google it again, hhs.gov forward slash HIPAA, and make sure that you have updated your policies and have this and they have it in PDF as well so that you understand the privacy rules and all everything that goes with it, permitted uses, disclosures, you know, things about uh, mental health, which are much more strict than uh, regular healthcare services, psychotherapy notes for treatment. It's kind of like HIV in back in the day. But here's something that I came across that I thought was interesting. It talks about marketing and it's it, where it's placed is, is funny because it's placed right after psychotherapy notes. But they talk about marketing because I've had people say, well, Terry, marketing um, has a um, they, they carve out, you know, an exception. I'm like, not so fast. Let's go through it. So first of all, it says and it's a bullet point. It's a, a bolded for emphasis bullet point. It says marketing is any communication about a product or service that encourages recipients to purchase or use the product or service. How many times do you go on Amazon or go on the web and say, I'm searching for this. And now you can't stop the related information that you're getting, no matter what you're doing. You're, you know, checking email or, you know, looking up research on the internet and all of a sudden a 
you know, a flag comes by or some kind of cookies comes by and says, hey, you want to buy this? And I'm like, no, I never, if I wanted to buy it, I would have bought it. Well, patients get that too if the privacy rule isn't uh, in place, if you're not, if they're not HIPAA protected. So the privacy rule does carve out certain things on marketing, but let me explain what they are. And it even says, privacy rule carves out the following health-related activities from the definition of marketing. It says, first, communications to describe health-related products or service or payment for them provided by or included in a benefit plan of the covered entity making the communication. So if it's an insurance company that's a plan of the covered entity making the communication, then that would be okay because now that's a covered entity and they would have to have HIPAA protections. The next one is communications about participating providers in a provider or health network plan. Remember, they're covered entities or a placement plan or any kind of health plan. And it says that add value to but are not part of the benefits plan as long as the patient has given authorization. And they say communications for treatment of the individual with patient's um, authorization and it's written authorization. And then it says communications for case management or care coordination for the individual to direct or recommend alternative treatments, therapies, healthcare providers, or healthcare settings to an individual, again, <laughs> with patient authorization. So even though they're carving it out, they're saying if the patient says it's okay. Then they go on to talk about the arrangement between a covered entity and any other entity where you're getting paid. It says in exchange for direct or indirect remuneration. So if you're getting paid to disclose protected health information, let's say for AI purposes, and this is where it gets a little dicey, or for statistical purposes, okay, from someone that isn't a HIPAA entity. So it says a covered entity must obtain an authorization to use or disclose PHI for marketing. Anything that's face-to-face, -face, so actually, you know, the vendor's coming in and the pro provider and the patient's there, that's actually covered, and that's fine. But if there is value, it says that an authorization for marketing that involves the covered entity's receipt of direct or indirect remuneration from a third party, you have to reveal that fact. So you have to tell the patient, by the way, I'm getting money for them to market you. And then the patient has an option to say, no, you can't do that. It's kind of like when you search something out and it says, can we, you know, when you try something on Google, it says, can we track you? No. You can't. That's one thing. reason why I don't use TikTok. That's why it's banned on all government uh, devices because they track. They not only track, they gain access to your information and it's from a foreign country. So this is where marketing, you might think it's harmless, but when it comes to what is appropriate for patients and what they want you to be able to access and what you're telling them they can access are maybe two different things. So just make sure on your websites, on your portals, any place where the patient uh, is filling out information for them personally or for a sibling, a parent, uh, you know, a child that you have per HIPAA protections and your marketing team is aware of that or anyone that's managing um, your social media sites or anything like that. Otherwise, that can definitely be a problem. I just don't want you to get uh, in trouble with that. The CodeCast podcast is also brought to you today by Select Coder. Get all of the decision-making information you need to code in a single online resource. Select Coder offers you the comprehensive coding guidance required to accurate claims the first time. To learn more about Select Coder, visit codingbooks.com forward slash select coder. Okay, so personal tidbit this week. Oh my goodness. 
So I mentioned the Super Bowl, but I'll just mention something else. If you're looking for just a different um, show to stream and you're just trying to figure out you don't like some of the new shows that are out there, I mentioned Suits. I love that show. And I still have it on a noise in my office just because I've already watched the season one through nine twice through and I'm now on the third time through. But there's a show out there that it was around for six seasons called Numbers. Now it's a very smart show, very, you have to pay attention, you have to put your phone away, you know, not even look at it. Put it on silent. Tell your everyone you're you're in the middle of something, because if you don't pay attention, you you'll miss something. But it's really interesting just how numbers and factoring and figuring, all you know, it's about FBI. Just how it all kind of um, intertwines. You know, not just money, not just math, but math has a lot to do with everything we do out there. So just a just a suggestion if you're interested in trying to find a show. It is a throwback, so um, it was from I think 2015 through 2021. So anyway, good luck with that. I, I like it. We're on the second season. So we'll see what happens. All right, everyone, make it a great day and a great rest of your week. And thank you for listening to the CodeCast podcast. For more information on medical coding, billing, auditing, and compliance, including how to hire Terry, follow Terry on Twitter at TerryCoder1 or visit her website at www.terryfletcher.net. Podcast producer, Joe Kuzma. Music producer, Assassin Music.